0: Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is your host, Paul Arnold, and I'm joined by Ernest Watts and Travis Greer. And we're going to talk to you about the NFL draft. And like most red-blooded male American guys, we watched or we followed the draft last week and thought for a moment, for one bright, shiny moment, it sort of felt like we were back to normal. But Ernest, how did you evaluate the NFL in this virtual draft scenario?
1: Well, the first day, I'll be honest with you, usually if I wait to see 32 picks in three hours, I'm watching Jameis Winston play. So it, it was, I didn't get enough highlights. I really didn't. I mean, I they, they really, I know it is because of the times we live in and what we're going through. There was a lot of heartwarming stories, not a lot of Redemption stories and a lot of people had tragedy in their lives, but I, I wouldn't see highlights. I really wouldn't see highlights of the guys playing. I'd seen a lot of them play, and again, a lot of these guys, it, you almost got numbed over a period of time because everybody had tragedy in their lives, which nowadays all of us do. But I, I didn't get to see enough highlights. I really didn't, and the coach wasn't there to do the. I was. Pushing him uh, to be on there, and he wasn't. But I thought, all in all, I mean, it was, it was almost like having sports, almost.
0: Yeah, there was it- some pushback against ESPN and ABC that when they brought up the interesting information about these draft picks, they often put in something like "mother recovered from a drug problem" or "brother was arrested," and a bunch of African Americans were not so pleased. That was their top four things about these guys who played four years, worked really hard, and that's what they want to bring out. And yeah, so yeah. ESPN was it, bashed pretty hard on that.
1: Yeah, they didn't talk about the kicker the Patriots picked with the white supremacist tattoo on his arm. You know, they kind of skated by that real fast-like. Mm-hmm. Mm. Tra- Travis, did you watch any of
0: the draft, or did you catch up later with it?
1: Um, I, I caught
2: it about seven 30, 8 o'clock when it would start getting warmed up. I kind of watched the first eight picks, uh, uh, nine, ten picks, something like that, just to see who Carolina Panthers chose first. Then I just kind of tuned out after that with the family and kids. But have been doing a lot of catching up today of uh, where everybody landed in the draft. And it was definitely interesting to, to see the aftermath of people sharing photos of people's homes. And and uh, I think in our group text, somebody mentioned the, the dust on – Andy Reid's treadmill. I think it was you, Ernest. <laughs> so, even though we missed a lot of the fun football type manly things, we got to see the the inside lives of a lot of these people's homes and
1: and the, uh, yeah, Mike that. yeah, Mike Zimmer was broadcasting in the lobby of a Bass Pro Shop, <laughs> and Jerry <laughs> Jones was uh, being some master evil, you know, like Doctor Evil there in his lair.
0: In his cruise, um, a little yacht yeah, there.
1: But yeah, yeah, but it did look like a like some criminal mis- Mr. Mind's lair there. I was expecting to put his little pinky in his mouth. In that respect, it was yeah. But the the coach of the cards had the best house with that view of the mountain and everything. That that was the nicest.
0: But well, how could you forget Belichick's dog? I mean they they switched to Belichick's camera. And this dog sitting in his. Um, but he
1: picked he made a great pick. In their first <laughs> pick, the dog did a great job. I don't know. I think probably, that pick was
0: a little rough.
1: Well you you uh but, but, but you think uh you think a couple teams are try to pick up the dog as an assistant GM now? I <laughs> uh, think you know, guys took good jobs.
0: Somebody joked that Belichick looked like he was some dad, you know, your neighbor's dad down the street at his table trying to do his taxes or switch over um <laughs> files from one laptop to the other. Which it it looked really much like that. So oh,
1: the best was the Titans coach, because he obviously had a son taking care of business in the background, <laughs> and then one of his sons dressed up. I know it was Titan colors, but he looked like Frozone from uh, The Incredibles, yes. Samuel Jackson's character with the blue and white tights. All he needed was the the goggles, and he had the whole costume.
0: Oh, I was jealous of the guys out in L.A. because they're sitting there with their windows open, and they had the same type of landscaping out there. I think a bunch of them did, Kingsley and uh, McVeigh, those guys. Anyway, I thought it went really well. The one thing that was a little disappointing when they had the Zoom call for the uh, fans and the commissioner was trying to tell them to yell louder, and that seemed a little weird to me. Uh, Was he
1: stiff? Was he... he Could he get any stiffer? And did you notice his slow change suit and tie the first day went to the sweater vest the second day by the third day he had a long sleeve shirt and people talked about his, his bobblehead of Mike Ditka kept moving through the entire, maybe that's how bored we were. We would, you know, Ditka's bobblehead would be facing in different directions at every pick, And then he'd hold up the draft card to the screen to the virtual fans which I still think look like some video game fans, like they could read it for some reason. I mean, good old, like he wanted to be anywhere else from where he was during this draft.
0: Yeah, he, that was a little bit not as, I, I agree. It could have been better. He wasn't as natural about it as some. And the whole thing about the commissioner hugging the players, I think that's way overrated. Uh, but I'd like the insight of the different players where they were set up. And how about uh, C, C. CJ Lamb or CD Lamb and his girlfriend taking his second phone and he took it right back. Uh, (laughs) Did you see that?
1: Yeah, she was probably. What's the password? And you know, (laughs) I think he was. You don't do that these days. That's not. That's you don't do that with guys' phones these days. You don't want to see what pictures are on there.
0: I think that relationship has trouble all over it because, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get to football.
1: Did you see the Titans' first pick? The girlfriend sat in his lap and was celebrating, and the mother came and grabbed her by the shoulders and pulled her (laughs) off of his lap when Mm. he got picked. Mm -hmm. Mm.
0: Yeah, how about the guy in the robe? Nice. It was a wide receiver to Oakland, right?
1: Yeah, styling and profiling. That's that's all you can say with that.
0: All right, well, let's go talk about some of the draft picks, and we're going to first talk about our favorite teams, When I watch the draft, I look to see who the top first-round picks are, just wherever they are. Then after that, I'm concerned about my team, and then I'm concerned about my favorite college team, how many players will be picked from Michigan. And there were 10 players picked in the draft from Michigan, but they were not as good as Ohio State talent or the LSU talent or other schools. Um, But Detroit Lions did pretty well, I think. They got the best cornerback in the draft, Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. Uh, Even though they played around, tried to send out a rumor that they were interested in a quarterback, they needed a cornerback all along. And uh, this guy's fast. He's a good study. Uh, I think that was a good pickup for them, especially they just lost Darius Slay to uh, Eagles. Uh, Number two, their second round, they got DeAndre Swift from Georgia, which people were surprised that he fell to the second round. Um. Some people said he was the best running back in the drafts. Other people said, no, he's not very big. Um, And I wondered what other rumors were out there that made him drop. Ernest, do you know of any of the rumors that made him drop?
1: I I think it was an issue about his speed is 40. I think that was one issue that people had. But nowadays, you know, depending on what type of running back you're getting, it's kind of strange how all the Georgia draftees had questions uh, the Tom's kid got picked by um, the Giants. People thought he was overrated. The Giants overreached for him. Uh, of course, quarterback going to Buffalo. From. from Yeah, I mean, they talked about the strength of his arm. It, I don't know what's going, why everybody was trashing everybody from Georgia. I mean, it's a team that uh, did fairly well this year. Yeah, I think I, so. Too. I really thought, uh, and you're going to have, have to help me out, the running back that you got from Auburn last year. I thought he was pretty decent for the Lions, but you know you got to have—you got injured. Every running back
0: that comes to Detroit gets injured because their offensive line stinks so bad,
1: or retires early.
0: Yeah. Uh, Round number three, the Lions took uh, Julian Ogwara from Notre Dame, who grew up in London, uh, but he was raised. Well, he was heritage is Nigerian, but the most interesting thing about him is he's going to join his brother to play with uh, Detroit Lions, and he's edge rusher. He's had sacks, and we'll talk in a little bit, you know, famous brothers. I think that's a good thing for the Lions. And also in third round, they picked up a guard, Jonah Jackson from Ohio State, and later on, they picked up some guards and tackles because the offensive line definitely needs help. But Sevis overall... Sevis is a good
1: pickup. the wide receiver from Wisconsin. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw him
0: play. I don't think he has the speed. I don't know if he's going to be that great. But, you know, for any type of draft picks for lines, the history is they overreach or they just go for the talent instead of the need for position. And I was really glad they stuck to their guns. They went for position first and who was the best available for that position and for that reason uh, I was happy they did it and they had the Winnebago if you heard that out in their driveway of the head coach in case they had technical problems so uncle uh, uh, cousin Eddie was out there ready to help out (laughs) Quinn if he needed it so that's the Lions Ernest you love those Panthers so how did the Panthers do
1: I was I was happy. Now they, I think it's the first team since '73 that went all defense with all their picks, and uh, I, a lot of these kids I got a chance to watch play. Derek Brown is just a, a force on the front line. Now you got to remember, last year the Panthers were the worst team defensively against the run; they were second worst on defense, so the defense needed a lot of adjustments. Brown is just a beast. He's got great character in that respect. He's not quite the pass rusher. But you line him up with K-1 Short, and that kind of seals off the front for uh, if Whitehead, who they signed from the Raiders, uh, replaces uh, our dearly departed middle linebacker, he who I cannot dare to bring my name yet. Uh, Gross Matos, they got from Penn State. He's about 6'5". He's got to put a little lower weight on him. He is a great pass rusher. You line him up with Brett Burns on the other side, and you've got outside rushers that can apply pressure to the quarterback. Jeremy Chin is the, a D2 safety, but he's 6'4, 210. They could probably make an outside linebacker out of him, which is what they did with Thomas Davis, because Thomas Davis played safety when he was at Georgia. Uh, Troy Pride from Notre Dame is, uh, they needed another cornerback to replace. James Bradbury kind of outpriced himself and left as a free agent. Kenny Robinson is an interesting case. I watched him play in the XFL. He got kicked off the team for West Virginia for some academic issues, but for the short season of the XFL, he was going to be all league. He plays weak safety and great run supporter in that respect. Uh, The latter part of the draft, you know, those are guys you hope to be in special teams, but the first five picks I'm happy with. I know that some individuals, my brother, I want to pick up another tight end. With Olsen going to Seattle right now, we got Ian Thomas, and they wanted some more offensive linemen. But we're we're loaded at wide receiver. We're solid at running back, and uh, we picked up the MVP of the XFL as our backup quarterback. So I feel good about. It. I mean, we were five and eleven last year. A draft's not going to make us eleven and five. Mm-hmm. If we get seven and nine, I'm going to be very happy. We signed a lot of free agents to be backups, and that's what you've got to do. And Matt Rule, I like what he's doing. I like I, I like the plan. I don't expect to be particularly in a division with Breeze and Brady and Ryan. We're going to finish in last place. But if we're seven and nine next year, I'm going to be a happy camper. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Travis, being a fellow, you know, Carolina Panthers hand with you living in our state together i, I think they they did a great draft pick, draft pick, draft rounds and so forth and um i think he's got the offense settled in you know there's some key positions that were missing but being a carolina panthers fans over the past years of how dominant our defense has been you know last year and two years ago we've seen our defense just kind of struggle. And of course we lost our go-to guy, Luke Keekly, so I think they're doing the right things, and it's kind of hard to be a Panthers fan right now uh, because we're in that rebuilding phase, but uh, I think we've just got to stick with it and trust the process with with our team, for sure.
0: And your Um, second favorite team is the Packers. Now, the Packers probably did the most shocking thing of any team in the draft, and people were scratching their heads. You want to explain this shocking development with the packers in the draft day well
2: i don't think it was as bad as the shock as, as uh what's his name from the that got drafted with the giants last year jones from duke university Daniel what's his jones, yeah, yeah. Daniel jones.
1: i i think it's worse
2: you think it's worse ernest oh I yeah know.
1: well cuz here's here's why i think it's worse and i'm not going to pull on your time we knew manning was leaving Sure. Uh, you draft a quarterback in the first round, you're expecting him to be starting in two years, correct? So I mean, that's so that yeah, yeah, that means Rodgers will be and I put it down, mark it down, Paul. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will be quarterbacking another team in two years.
2: Well, I, I think this is just an insurance policy that was taken out this year. I mean, I see some talent, and you, and, and Jordan love their first round pick um uh, some highlight videos I did get to see him mean, he seemed kind of real he seemed a little stiff and robotic in some of his his movement he seems like he could be a good uh, understudy with Aaron Rodgers and what's going on there but um you can't beat Aaron Rodgers and what he's had going on and he's he got to study under Brett Favre for quite some time i mean the packers are my favorite second favorite team so you will and um yeah, it's just going to be uh, kind of see how it's going to shake out. It's either going to be injury, or he he's not going to be able to get along with this coach and get traded. Something like that's going to happen. But uh, Jordan Love was just an insurance policy, I believe. And um, I, I like their number two round two pick. I think that was pretty good according to the grades that they gave the Packers. I mean, they scored okay um, in day two, but I like the second round draft pick of A.J. Dillon. From Boston College, uh, despite they say despite him being the heaviest uh, running back at the combine, he also has the the greatest vertical jump. And he watching him a little bit, he reminds me a little bit of Jerome Bettis. Um, Jerome Bettis, if y'all remember him from the Steelers, I enjoyed watching him play back in the day, and just as big, heavy, top guy that just plows down the shoulders and, and carries some guys with him to get that extra two, three yards with the ball. But AJ Dillon, he's six foot two, forty seven. And uh, Jerome was a little bit heavier uh, at certain times with him. So I like his, that opportunity. And um, then the third round draft pick was a uh, tight end, uh, Josiah DeGuar from Cincinnati. And uh, so they really, uh, they did really didn't do the best. They kind of say Packers were one of the worst teams. They didn't do much for Aaron Rodgers. And I agree watching them throughout last year and especially the playoffs. They just didn't have the the supporting actors, so you will to help Aaron Rodgers and his talents to, to get them and advance them in the Super Bowl. I was I was really rooting for them to advance last year in the in the playoffs and get to the Super Bowl. But
1: um, you left. Paul, was, uh, go ahead. You left, left. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you left out that one that's near and dear to Paul's heart. Yeah, John uh, Runyan. Yes, whose dad was a great pro. Right. Yeah.
0: But he's never he's never gonna be as good as his dad. He he started here, but he doesn't have the size or the strength. His dad was a beast. Um, I have a conspiracy theory on all this, and I'm not usually a guy that likes conspiracy theories. But with the Green Bay Packers, you know, last year they told Aaron Rodgers trust in the system. You don't have to wing it. Uh, we're gonna go a long way without with ball control. And yet, toward the end, I thought there was a few games where. The old Aaron Rodgers didn't come out. I mean, I didn't see him, you know, go into the telephone booth and come out as super Aaron Rodgers. Is it possible and this is conspiracy? They picked Jordan Love to just spur Aaron Rodgers to just, you know, get off his backside and play with more motivation, you know, like with the edge. Do you guys buy that at all?
2: No. I I think he I don't mm
1: -hmm. I think they picked him to replace him. You don't you pick starters in the first round. I mean, they're looking at starting him in two years. Now, I got to be honest with you, Love was the least impressive of the top quarterbacks in the first three rounds. I mean, I like Jalen Hurts more. And, And then, you know, people look at the Jalen Hurts pick for the Eagles and they go, well, you know, Eagles quarterback goes down quite a bit. That's a good insurance package. Aaron Rodgers has had injuries. He's had some broken collarbones in the last four years, but. Again, Hertz was picked in the third round. Rodgers, I mean, he's going to be gone in two years. You don't pick a first round quarterback to sit no more than when they picked Rodgers when Favre was quarterbacking. Don't you think Favre's getting a great laugh out of all this? You know, payback. Look what happened. You picked Rodgers when I was starting and I was gone in two years. I think it's the same. Now, it's if you're going to motivate him, you could have signed Cam. You could assign Jameis Winston.
0: No, Even it's a, a situation where Jordan Love is a Mahomes wannabe. You know, NFL is really famous for this. GMs see other players and think, oh, who's the next Mahomes or who is going to be the next, you know, Jackson? Um, because I think Philadelphia looked at what Baltimore's doing with Jackson and thought, can they do that with Jalen Hurts? You know, mobile, fairly accurate thrower, but really fast, fleet of foot. And I agree with you. I would have had rather have Jalen Hurts and Jordan Love in Green Bay as a sort of a player that could play two or three positions, even, and that would be a really great compliment, much like what New Orleans is doing um, with the guy they resigned
1: Tyson Hill. with yeah, Hill. Tyson, that you have a
0: guy that can play quarterback, can play slot, can play receiver, can stay in the backfield and chip block somebody if you need it. Um, but I don't understand this with Green Bay and. I'm trying my hardest to try to figure it out. And I'm a little disappointed because I was really impressed with Matt LaFleur, the head coach last year at Green Bay. Weren't you, Travis?
2: I'm sorry. Uh, I had a review of play here at the booth here at the house real quick, uh, with, <laughs> with the family. Yeah. And I uh, heard you guys talking, but...
0: That's all right. So uh, we were just talking about how Matt LaFleur had a great season last year. First year, everybody said Aaron Rodgers would be a big headache, and LaFleur did great. He took all these chips, all these trust chips that he built with Aaron Rodgers for a whole year, and I feel like he just lost them all. And I don't know if the GM overrode him on all this stuff or he was a willing participant. Do you think he was willingly going along with this, Travis?
2: Yeah, I think so. Uh, From what I saw on the sidelines and his leadership with Lafour, he came he came at it with a humbling um, attitude. I believe, possibly. Um, Of course, you got to be a coach; you're the supervisor and all. But uh, humbling, knowing that the history that came with Aaron Rodgers and his attitude, and I I I like his enthusiasm, and uh, I think he's going to do some great things. And I, I don't. I think. Rodgers will be out before LaFleur's out, for sure. And I think LaFleur's, they're in it with him, with the coach. And as I heard you mention before, um, the the re- review here at the house, so you will, um, I just didn't see the spark in, in the enthusiasm in Aaron Rodgers at times. And uh, maybe he's got a lot of conflict with some of the, the play calls and just a lot of the how, how things are going. Mm-hmm.
0: He hinted at retirement, too, didn't he?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, but he's also hinted around like, hey, I'm going to play to a 40, past 40. Uh, He's going to be like the next Tom Brady. But I just – I don't possibly see that with uh, Green Bay for four more years. And um, I just think of Jordan Love as getting back to him as – I think if he – I don't think he's the next franchise quarterback. Um, But – I, th- I think it's too early, and I think of of great quarterbacks like Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, who else? Drew Brees. I mean, they they sat on the sideline for quite some time, and I think this this was too early to to choose supposedly the next franchise quarterback. And it's not Jordan, uh, but anyways, we'll we'll see what comes. Uh, I think Rodgers still has the talent to. Uh, to have a winning record and possibly make the playoffs again this year for sure I mean they,
1: they made it they made it to the NFC championship game they got yeah. blown out by the 49ers he pleaded for the draft he said get me some help and yeah. this was probably the most wide receiver rich draft I've seen in a long time I mean you could get starting wide receivers in the 5th round right. they didn't pick they didn't pick one wide receiver do you know and this comes from NFL stats the Packers wide receivers had the most drops of any other team last year. And they have not drafted a wide receiver in the top four rounds in five years. Mm.
0: It's interesting. Well, Ernest, did you notice that the Dallas Cowboys were rated as one of the best or had the best draft? And do you think it's any accident Mike McCarthy's there now? I mean, you, you finally Mm -hmm. have a coach that knows what he's doing. I don't believe that Jerry made all these great picks. Although Jerry's not the worst at it, but do you think Dallas Cowboys had one of the best drafts?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it things kind of fell into place for them. Everybody thought C.C. Lamb was going to go to the Raiders. He drops down. I mean, and Jerry Jones loves Oklahoma players. You look at, at Murray and all the other kids, guys he's drafted, he loves Sooners. But C.D. Lamb's going to be a starter. He's probably going to be rookie of the year. He's going to be a deep threat that they love. When You match him up with Cooper, put them on uh, different sides of the field. Trevon Diggs was probably the most gifted defensive back that, that Alabama Crimson Tide did. His brother's wide receiver, Stefano got traded from Minnesota to Buffalo. Gallimore gives him some depth of the defensive line. I mean, they picked up Tyler Bayes from Wisconsin, the who, offensive line. They needed some help. They've had some replacement. Ani, the defensive end from Utah, everybody thought was going to go in the first two rounds. They get him in the fourth. They got some real value. I mean, you got to give the Cowboys credit. This was a great draft for them.
2: Did they, did they
1: win the NFC East this year? If there is it this year, I think so. No, no, the Eagles won it. No, this. Oh well, this when they com- win this year. Yeah, this don't coming. No, I I thought the Eagles did fairly well. Also, I mean, I just you kind of worry. They had a lot of retirements. They lost a lot in their defensive backfield. They're going to be young on their defense. It, it's going to be close. I do like some of what the Eagles did, uh, particularly, they picked up a pretty good wide receiver. He has some drops problems, but I thought, you know, the Eagles, I mean, a lot of people put down what the Eagles have. Rager was, was you know, he's got speed. Uh, they got Taylor, wide receiver. I, I thought, the Eagles did pretty well. They really picked up a great offensive lineman in Prince Tego Wakondo. He's not from Wakanda though. Okay, uh, for Auburn, he's an offensive tackle. He's massive, six foot eight. So I thought it's going to be Eagles, and it's again, it's going to be the Eagles and and the, the Cowboys. Cowboys in the East. Yeah. Uh, Washington might surprise, but you know, I still think it's going to be those two teams.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think I was thinking with you, Paul, when you were, you know, hashing out the Detroit lines and the offensive line guards and guys they picked up. I th- I think they did a good job for sure, picking up protection for Matt Stafford, who who, who definitely needs it to get his talent along and, and what he has left to to produce for the Detroit Lions. But do you think in the next year or two that Detroit will be finding their draft uh, next franchise quarterback or there will be a trade or somebody? What are your, What's your thoughts on Matthew Stafford these next coming years throughout the draft?
0: Um, I like Stafford. The big yeah. question mark is his back. Um, he's always played hurt, but you can't play through broken bones in your back. Um, I yeah. think the next two years, I think Patricia is either going to make it or get fired. I think he's teetering at the edge right now. I think he just doesn't have the consistency that Belichick has or the brilliance that Belichick has. I mean, Belichick said goodbye to Patricia and says, I'll just coach the defense myself. So he's been coaching the defense for the Patriots the last couple of years and shows how brilliant he is. Um, I, Wild I,
1: Carter or lose his job? Wild Carter lose his job?
0: Well, you
1: got to make, make the playoffs to keep his job? Say that again? Do you think he has to make the playoffs to get his? I mean, wild card. I mean, wild Vikings card. Okay. Okay. Do you think he can make the wild card and keep his? He yes. has to make the wild card to keep his job.
0: I think so. I think he's right on the edge of that. But um, the one thing I was going to turn back to is one last question about the draft, and then we're going to move on. Is that um, I think there's always one story that we like in the draft, or somebody that we want to see work out And, Ernest, Last week's draft. You brought up a young man that went to school, small school in North Carolina, and he got picked up, I think, in the second round, didn't he, or first round?
1: Yeah, by Belichick's dog.
0: Yeah, do you want to tell the story on that?
1: (laughs) They were going live to the video. Duggar played for Lenore Ryan. He was an All-American Lenore Ryan, and and he's the type of – and the thing is, New England is just packed with safeties. I mean, they just signed both the starting safeties from last year. But uh, while they were slipping over for his draft pick, uh, Belichick's dog was actually uh, sitting in the chair in his living room. So everybody's made a joke that uh, Belichick's dog made the actual pick of of Duggar from Lenore Ryan, who I think will be moved to an outside linebacker. And after the dog made the choice, two teams made him offers to be the assistant <laughs> general.
0: Manager. But it was a quite I thought the story was not so much the dog was that here's a guy who went to a very small school and of all teams, the Patriots saw something in him. Um, so that gives him a lot of credit. I don't you think that
1: oh, Belichick yeah. oh, will take him that I high? Think, I think a lot of people rated him top three in safety picks. And this is where we'll put the obligatory Michigan pick. Uh New England picked up a pretty nice uh defensive uh Uchi Lyman, yeah, from uh, from from Michigan. That respect. It's fascinating how most of the draft picks came from two conferences: uh, the Southeastern, which had the most picks ever, and and the Big Ten. And it's it's interesting when you look at the first three picks and last year's number two pick. They all at one time played at Ohio State, but they couldn't win a playoff game, could they, Paul? <laughs> I'm
0: not saying anything. Um, and, if, and what does it say that we've gone 30 minutes or 35 minutes into this podcast? We haven't even talked about the one, number one overall draft. I think if you go back to our previous podcast, we talked a lot about Burrow and whether we thought he's going to make it or not. It came down to I thought he's going to be okay. My son thought he's okay, but Ernest says he can't throw the long ball. And so, uh, Travis, do you have an opinion on Joe Burrow?
2: Uh. I got to watch the, the national championship, you know, a good portion of it the other night playing when reruns were happening. So you will. And I uh, got to watch him a little bit. I, I just don't, unless he can become more equipped and a little bit, put some pounds on some muscle and so forth. It's it's going to take a little work uh, just for every every new rookie quarterback. But eh, um, but we'll see. He'll definitely start. And I definitely first, I, I wonder as I was preparing Today, I wonder if we'll see him starting against um, Cincinnati. I think, or Cincinnati's going down to Miami to play, and I wonder if they'll he'll face off with um, Tua. Tua, Tua, that would be interesting to see two two rookie uh, quarterbacks playing against each other again. But as I think about this time where they're in, I thought about uh, how similar it is as we were watching some of these old reruns of super bowls and national titles and uh old timey nascar races i i, I kind of picture ourselves all these sports fanatic guys sort of like um national lampoon's christmas how he gets locked up in his attic you remember that he's kind of yeah. hiding gifts and he finds these videotapes and he's just stunned and he's like we, we, we we're kind of cursed but we're blessed we miss sports but we're we have this opportunity to, to look back in time and really appreciate some of the great things that has happened in the past, and we, kind of makes us sad and kind of makes us happy. And I can just kind of see all these men sitting at home watching TV, and uh, we're locked up inside, just like he was locked up in the attic. And uh, <laughs> and hopefully one day somebody's going to come and open that attic door, and we'll fall out, and we'll be back in the sports world, uh, enjoying live action sports once more. So, but quick, uh, quick yeah. question,
1: quick question, of both of you. Yeah. Yeah. You Three quarterbacks picked in the top five picks: Herbert, Tua, and Burrow. Who starts first?
0: Tua, Burrow. I
1: think
2: Tua does.
1: I think Herbert.
2: Well, we all pick different people. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I, I'm not. I think... A, I don't think Herbert. I just, for whatever reason, I get the sense that he just doesn't show any fire. And I know maybe we overestimate a quiet introvert. Um, can still pull it off, but I don't know. Can you tell me the last time a guy who won it all in the NFL as a quarterback was a super introvert like Herbert is?
1: I think the one who took Baltimore to the last Super Bowl championship they got.
0: Dilfer? Who currently doesn't
1: have a job. No. How soon we forget. <laughs> the last Super Bowl, tall, number five, from the University of Delaware. Oh, Flacco. Flacco. Flacco had no real, was an introvert.
0: Yeah. So Flacco, I, just, I mean, that's... you know, I think of Flacco, I think of you, Ernest. You both are the same person.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, see, I think You're both
0: air dominant in different ways.
1: Well, there we go. Fitzpatrick is, is going to start from Miami. You know, with two of his injury problems, they're going to be slow bringing a pro. If they can't get rid of Dalton, if they can't trade him, they're not going to put pressure on Burrow at first. And and I look at the quality of starting quarterback for those teams. Okay? You know who the starter is for the Chargers right now. Taylor. Tyron Taylor. Again, Dalton can start. Fitzpatrick is always great in September. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer if you just look at what he does in the month <laughs> of September.
0: Oh, the great bearded uh, one.
1: Yes. I mean... Taylor's the really one year as a starter. So I think they're going to cash in their chips. They're going to try and get folks in L.A. excited because they're the redheaded stepchild in that brand-new stadium, and they've got to give some people something to get excited about. So I think the Chargers are going to start him.
0: Okay. So there's right. an
1: effort to put people in the stands. That, that's, it's a PR move more than anything, and it may ruin the kid. It might. But I think the pressure is for him to start first.
0: All right. Well, I have a game now. I teased it earlier. Um, Uh, I've come a list of 11 brothers, duos or trios even, that played in the NFL. And, uh, Ernest, you are Mr. Trivia. Oh, Lord. So I'm going to give Travis a chance to name two of them and then see if you can pick up the rest of them. So, Travis, can you think of a famous quarterback, brothers who've played in the nfl not currently but in the past gosh um tennessee man think of tennessee tennessee current uh, no no no
2: no, no, no.
0: So, i don't know I'll, I'll pass so that's the manning brothers
2: the manning brothers hey okay.
0: eli all right he played for Tennessee. what's that no, no, he yeah. played at Tennessee College. I was trying to give you uh, UT and Mississippi. Yeah.
2: Gotcha. Okay. All
0: right. And the hey, other hey, one
1: that's a father son deal too. Yeah, it is a
0: father son one. All right. Uh Ernest, you just you know, we can't keep up with your trivia. So go ahead. Try to name some brothers in the NFL and I'll see how long well, the it takes
1: McCour- here. McCourtney brothers who broke playing at New England.
0: I don't have them down, but go ahead. Next one.
1: Okay. Uh, they did a commercial with smooth skin. I all can't that pick here.
0: all the brothers. I picked okay. the, the top uh, one. top ones? The uh, brothers, right? Yeah,
1: that's the uh, one that comes up,
2: man.
1: Which the, one's Travis? The Perry. The Perry brothers. <laughs> I don't have the Michael. Either. Michael Dean in the refrigerator. Wow, uh, you're going way back. Okay. Uh the guy okay, what's the guy on ESPN radio in the morning? Tiki Barber and um, no, no. Well, the Barbers, yeah, Tiki and Rondae. I was thinking uh, what the Notre Dame. Big defensive lineman. Him and his brother both play. Oh, Lord. In a Golick? Country after...
0: Yeah, Golick. Wow, Michael, there are tons of brothers. I think this whole thing, this setup, is not working out so I'm good. Sorry. No, that's right. I'm sorry. No, it's all sorry. It's just so impressive that, you know, NFL, if you have the genes, right, if you have... The height and the strength and the right coaching. A lot of players from the same family. So you have JJ, TJ, and Derek Watt. Uh, you have Travis and Jason Kelsey. You have the Gronkowski boys. Three of them have played in the NFL. You have Chris and Kyle Long, Howie Long sons. You have Peyton and Eli Manning. And this one, Cam and Cecil Newton. Did you Know about Cecil Newton? Yeah, brother?
1: yeah. His brother was in there for a short period of time. He actually played uh uh for Howard University. Did the Kelsey brothers, did you tell them? Travis and yes. Jason? I did. Yeah, he missed yeah. where uh, did Cecil,
2: Cecil Newton
1: play at? Uh know, he was I a free him. agent. He played okay. at Howard University. He was a free agent just in my uh exhibition season, and I wanna see Tennessee, I think, the tight. But right. you got the Griffin brothers over at Seattle. You know, of course, right. Shaquille has no hand. Everybody talks about that.
0: Then you have Hasselbeck brothers who played quarterback, the McCallum yeah. brothers yeah. who played quarterback, the Palmer can brothers we who played quarterback, and the Carr brothers who played quarterback.
1: Can we, can we talk coaches too? No, Jim you're taking time away
0: from your, you, what the oh, topic okay. you want to end with, and that is The Last Dance. And well, it,
1: the cleo uh, I got to mention the Cleo brothers and the Bennett brothers and the Kendricks. I'm starting to remember the Watkins, the woke Matthews. up the
0: trivia monster. I talked okay, about the Watkins sorry, already. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Okay, <laughs> all right, all right, sorry. It just came to my head there. There have been a lot of them. So ah, wait a second,
0: so, I'm just curious. Travis, did you ever see the movie Rain Man a long time ago with uh, Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman?
1: Time for Wapner, time for Wapner.
2: No, I've not seen that. I've heard of it. Is well, it a football-based
1: movie? No. <laughs> no.
0: Well, it just Ernest just reminded me of it because in the movie Tom okay. Cruise is playing the younger brother who sort of wants to, you know, live for himself and he's stuck with this brother who um, has autism or or eat one of the two and he keeps on he knows trivia like crazy and the younger brother realizes he can make money off his brother's trivia knowledge. And so I've been f- trying to find a way to make money off of I'll Ernest's t- trivia knowledge, but it hasn't happened yet.
1: It's science yeah. fiction that you believe that Dustin Hoffman, who is <laughs> 25 years older than Tom Cruise, are <laughs> brothers. It's like twins. It's you ever seen the movie Twins? Yes. Where Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger are twins? That's what made it funny, man. Okay. Uh, Yeah. One joke movie. uh,
0: (laughs) Wow. Tough audience. All right. Let's get to the last topic because Ernest and I were texting and Travis as well before this podcast started on the air tonight. And Ernest says, have you seen the last dance? Have you seen the last dance? Um, And to be honest, I hadn't seen it yet. And of course, a lot of men and women have been enjoying watching this on ESPN, and now I guess it's on Netflix as well. And, Ernest, I'll let you start this discussion. The last dance refers to who, who what and who said it.
1: It was the 97-98 season. It was the last year the Bulls were together. It was uh, Phil Jackson had summarized that was the plan for the team because the general manager of the bulls stated they would not give another contract to phil jackson that he wanted to rebuild a team that had won six championships in eight in eight years (laughs) wanted to rebuild he made the famous quote that players don't win championships management wins championship games (laughs) now it's a very r-rated series and michael jordan actually owned all this video and of, you know, when LeBron won the championship at Cleveland, he wanted to remind everybody that he was pretty decent. It's 10 episodes, they're showing two every Sunday night. Uh, the clean version is on ESPN 2. The R rated version is on uh, ESPN regular. And it's fascinating the little things that you, the, the one last night that I found fascinating was it seems like Dennis Rodman and Phil Jackson invented load management. Because in the middle of the season, uh, Dennis Rodman asked Phil, could he go to Las Vegas for a couple days? And he disappears after two days, and they can't find him. So Michael Jordan goes to his apartment and is banging on the door because he had been missing for three days. And uh, he forces the door open, and Carmen Electra is hiding behind the couch because she's scared (laughs) of Michael Jordan and Rodman is passed out, and all the furniture he had was a couch and a mattress on the floor. But it's it's fascinating to watch. And again, you know, Michael Jordan is the definition of an alpha male. Winning meant everything to him, and he didn't mind who he bullied, who he insulted, who he pushed. Uh, only that he could win, and I guess that's why he's had a difficult time in retired life finding a mechanism that fulfills that desire and that drive. But there, you know, there, there are no, he doesn't apologize for how he is. It's interesting, last night they talked about the rivalry between and the Pistons. To this day, he still hates Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. And Thomas is kind of backwashed, well, you know, maybe we should have shook hands, maybe we should. And to the extent Michael Jordan is, is he's done with him. He yeah, has no use for, but it is fascinating television. It is real. It was, it was like a reality show that was shot. Now, wait a uh, second. Years ago.
0: Hey, come clean. You're just uh, about the, one of the biggest Michael Jordan fans in the world though. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. So but this I mean, is again. like
0: the, as good as it gets for you.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, but again, it's, it's, it's raw. And, and if you think everybody holds hands and sings Kumbaya, you're in for a big shock. But it is fasc- it's fascinating to see how Phil Jackson could manage characters. Do you know Phil Jackson never had a losing season as a coach? 20 years, he had a winning record every year. Wow. And the only other coach close to that is, uh, had 10 years of winning games. Red Auburn? No, Auburn a- a- had some losing seasons his first couple years because he started out with the St. Louis Hawks. Before he was hired, he was fired by the St. Louis Hawks in the 50s. Before he was hired by the Celtics, mm. it's they so, came up with another stat. Um, Dennis Rodman had eight games where he had zero points and 20 rebounds. No one has ever had a game with zero points and 20 rebounds in the NBA ever. Mm. It's sure. it, again. It, it, go ahead, go ahead, Travis.
2: I think. I think you know. I think the timing of this release of this documentary is good. I don't know if it was strategic, how strategically planned it could have been, given our situations. But as you both know, back in those last dance times in '97, '96, I was, I was roughly 10 years old. And don't don't be mad at me for that. But I saw I saw a lot of the glory and a lot of the. The, the stuff and the, the the lights, so you will, Michael Jordan and the the great Bulls, and I was that that was my my team back, back in my early adolescent days. So it sounds like my eyes are going to be open to to what was behind the stage, so you will with Michael Jordan and the in the Bulls. I mean, I've heard some things over the years, but what it sounds like you prepare me very well to uh, possibly start binge watching these episodes. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: It, it is. Great television, and again, uh, it's it's even as much as cognizant as I was of things going on there. uh it, It's still interesting stuff. I knew about Michael Jordan getting cut as a sophomore in high school, and yep. there's a lot of Roy Williams in this. A lot of good good recruiting for Roy Williams just off this video, but it is it is fascinating. There are the the worst episode is episode one. It just picks up after that. And even episode one is good so it's it's uh, they were originally were going to show this after the nba finals in june before COVID 19 was coming in so they brought it up two months early because of the the lack of uh broadcast material mm-hmm.
0: there was two really good lines or i think the editors had fun with this too the producers Uh, First one was when Barack Obama was being interviewed, they put down at the bottom as the title or a caption, uh, Chicago resident. You know, no president, no senator, just Chicago resident. Um, The second thing is the insult. You know, Jordan was so furious at Jerry Krause, who has died since, so he was not interviewed for a lot of this. Um, After he heard what Krause wanted to break down the, the rest of the team and keep Jordan rebuild... He said, well, the Cubs have been rebuilding for 42 years. <laughs> just, you know, Jordan just could not stand that Krause wanted more of the uh, credit for it. And you know, it just wanted showed, to blow it
1: up. When they showed Bill Clinton, because Bill Clinton uh, saw a lot of Scottie Pippen when he was at Central Arkansas, they put down former governor of Arkansas <laughs> as a title. So they, they did that equal representation in that respect. But again, it's 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 fascinating, and again, it's not just a straight shot of the season. It's a lot of they roll the time back and give you the backstory on everybody, and it's 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 well done. It really is. Uh, it's and then again, it's on Netflix. It's a joint operation with. Michael Jordan Enterprises, NBA Entertainment, ESPN, and Netflix.
0: Well, another quote was Bobby Knight said after watching Jordan trying out for the uh, USA team, he says, he's the best basketball player I've ever seen. I mean, that's as high a confidence you could get. And then James Worthy said that when Michael Jordan came on the UNC team, he says, Worthy said he was the best player for about two weeks <laughs> before mm-hmm. Jordan got better with the right coaching. So... Hey, so there's your ringing endorsement folks for watching The Last Dance and it's not about ballrooms at all. So we need to wrap up this podcast and so I give my co-hosts a minute or two to wrap up on their final thoughts. We'll go to Ernest first. Ernest, what's your final thought for tonight?
1: Again, uh, we've it's, it seems like every week it goes by, and, and we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Just everybody stay strong. Stay uh, again, keep your six feet distance. Let's. Uh, it's it's fascinating. They I work at public health, and they came out with the numbers today that more people have died from covid 13 than all the Americans had died at 9/11, the Korean War, and the uh, Afghan War. And it just goes to show you that a lot of people are going through rough times and, and economically and, and it's we're all being impacted. My boss had two people in her church pass away from COVID-19 and she said it was, couldn't console the family, that the funeral home would not bring chairs and they would not let anybody have an immediate family. So it's, it's hard on all of us and the only way we're gonna get through this is if we do it collectively as a group and we support each other. Mm-hmm. Wow, Mm-mm-mm.
0: Travis, your yeah. final words.
2: I kind of alluded to it earlier, Paul, and uh, I just I'm more not saying earnest or not, but I tend to look at the good, uh, try to get the good out of most everything, and uh, as I alluded to earlier, just try to see the good out of some times that we're going through now. As I alluded, uh, so just take t- take time, enjoy those Sunday afternoons, as I do, is a day of rest. And sitting back, flipping on some TV and uh, missing those sports. But I can watch uh, old reruns and just marvel at the times we once had. And I've personally, I've been using this time to uh, sit back and enjoy with the family and, and, and get some house, house things done. been painting a lot. And earlier this afternoon, I, I was out wrestling in the yard with my son. My son's eight years old. And uh, he's getting about big enough and, and strong enough where he can almost hurt you if you're not kind of tense and ready to respond to his tackles and reactions. And I wrestled in high school. We were out there just wrestling it was a beautiful day here in North Carolina, about 70 degrees with a, a light wind, but uh, just what the blessings this has been with all this shutdown situation that uh, we've been able to slow down and enjoy some good time with our family and, and, uh, Paul, I appreciate everything that you do in your uh, public health work and serving that your community as, as kind of we're all in public health, um, in the public health field as well. So, Paul,
0: turn it over to you. Thanks. Um, you know, I went to work today. I work at a senior living place, and we all wear masks, and we go through all the questionnaires and our tempers taken. And we had one little uh, – Case, couple cases of COVID, and we isolated and they went away, and we were all set. And we thought, okay, good days are ahead. And this week we got back two more COVID patients, and three more staff came down with it. So I guess what I'm saying is this is a marathon, folks. It's not going to get over quickly just because we want it to. And I am getting sort of grouchy about it, but it's out of my control. So I like what you're saying, Travis. You know, enjoy what you can control. And realize life is still pretty good. And I went hiking the other day and um, just along the river. And that just felt like normal. So enjoy your family. Enjoy the sports where you can. And, hey, if you get uh, too bored, you can go back and listen to some of our old podcasts and see if Ernest was right in some of his predictions. So for Ernest Watson, Travis Greer, this is Paul Arnold saying thanks for listening. If you have any questions, email me at goblue.com arnold at gmail.com just like it sounds and thanks for listening have a good night